I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I want to welcome uh, Rocky and Mayor to the Unimpressed podcast. So what's going on, Rocky and Mayor? Hello from India, from far, far away, where, uh, where we're really cheering on a lot of good choices uh, that America seems to be making. And... Uh, we're giggling at a little bit at um, uh, what we call uh, in India um, illegal possession. We won't talk about where it happened. Yeah, but we've been we've we've been following things um, quite closely. We always find politics in any country always good for a laugh. Uh, great comedy material. So yes, it is uh, wonderful to be on your show. It is such a lovely morning uh, in America and a beautiful evening here. I parked my elephant on the outside of the road, uh, and uh, and we're all set to go. So let's, let's do this. I got you that, didn't I? You actually thought like that, didn't you? Are you are you impressed by the elephant? We all have our own elephant. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's funny. Yeah, it's just, it's just eco-friendly mode of transport. Yeah, uh, fertilizer, good for getting around, and of course you have right away, and uh, you know there's no problems with red lights and stuff. So we do that a lot in India. How, how do you park an elephant? <laughs> you say, please. You back it up really, back it up really carefully, and uh, in case there's a problem, you got to make a trunk call to get it sorted out. So it takes a bit of doing. How have you guys been operating with the uh, pandemic? So um, we did like the whole world did um, for the first three or four months. We really enjoyed the whole idea of being home and kicking our feet back and actually not having a routine and not having to work. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. But after that, for the last... Um let's say 30 years of our lives, we've been spending about 150 to 200 days on the road, just exploring India and other parts of the world. So we began to get itchy feet. And it's, you know, it's always fun because the pandemic, we have China on one side that doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. And then we yeah. have America on the other side that tells you everything you want to know. And then a whole lot of stuff you don't want to know. Yeah. And India yeah. is kind of somewhere in the middle there. So we, we take the American numbers seriously. We know the Chinese are just lying about everything. Yeah. And India is sort of somewhere in the middle over there. We, we sort of tell lies when it suits us, but when it doesn't, then we tell the truth sometimes. So we have no idea what's happening with the pandemic in India. 
Uh, the good thing is that we've been traveling for five months now and we haven't got it yet. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like you and it looks like y'all are social distancing. Are y'all social distancing? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't touch me. Don't touch me. They, they, take a, they take these things in very poor light in America. They don't understand brotherly love. <laughs> don't <touch me. laughs> because we're always traveling together, we're in a car and we're together and you know we're sort of spending all our time in front of a television camera or a phone camera. We don't social distance. I mean, if one of us gets it, the other one's getting it. And I'm talking only about uh, diseases that are transmittable through breathing. <laughs> Oh, coughing and stuff, you know, <laughs> not, not all diseases, just some. Hey, John, we should check. Is this legit? I mean, we're not uh, crossing any boundaries that are going to get you into trouble. You know what? I try to look at things good or bad, you know, depend, you know, if there's something, if someone does something good, then I, I go for the good. If someone does something bad, I try to recognize the bad. I don't care what side you're on. You know, I think that uh, politics is basically emotions and, you know, people get run up on their emotions, you know, and I think that, uh, causes different decisions, maybe wrong or right. So I try to look for the right decisions. What I love about politics is politicians. I mean, that is the number one direct fallout of politics is politicians. And, uh, they're fantastic people. I mean, word over, if you ask a politician what he wants to do, he's going to give you pretty much a similar answer, you know, I love my country. I love my people. I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to sort stuff out. Everything's going to be great. Every politician wants to do that until they come into power. And as soon as they're in office, then it's like, uh, look, I really wanted to do something good for you, but the rules are difficult. And I really wanted to be nice to you, but the laws don't allow it. And I really wanted to help this country proceed. But that just means trampling over your rights and your life and your wealth and your food and your money and your everything. And that's the wonderful thing about politicians. They have no problem turning around and being somebody else. I mean, it's its wonderful to see them. There's so much to learn from them as a character actor. They just go, bang. Absolutely. Nice guy, bad guy, good guy, clever guy. Switch well, over really fast. Oh, yeah, and politics. I mean, you got to love it. It's, uh, you know, it's the new empire. Uh, politics is, is the new sort of the dark lord and his apprentice desiring to take over the world and run it the way they want to run it while making you believe that you wanted to run it like that in the first place. I love it. I want to be a politician when I grow up. Imagine Darth Vader with an Indian accent. <laughs> no. Have you, have you guys been drinking? <laughs> what you got? Hey, you guys been drinking? You guys been drinking tonight? No, no, we intend to start, but no, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is us sober. You, you really want to meet us when we're drunk because we're a lot of fun. We, we don't talk any sense then. Right now, we're <laughs> at an immaculate uh, sort of intellectual best over here. You're seeing the best of us. We're, we're, we're intelligent men right now, right, Mayor? Come on. What, what's, what, the, what's, the, us, got, what's the story behind Highway on My Plate? You want to tell that story in the boring way or should I tell it in the exciting way? There you go. On, go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, quick uh, quick background. We've been friends for 45 years. We've lived five houses from each other for the last 45 years until three years ago when uh, when I moved to Goa. And um, growing up, Rocky, because he's uh, way older, uh, and you can tell, yeah. Um, yeah. he got his license first. So we, uh, we were legal. He was legal enough to drive, but we weren't really allowed to take cars out. So we'd sneak his mom's car out at night and go driving all over the city to find... Uh, nice places to eat. 
And many, many years later, this new channel was opening up and they said, we want, we want some, to do some research on a drive down one of India's big highways and eat at dhabas, which are the Indian equivalent of diners. And we said, fine. What does it entail? They said, well, you, you should be able to drive. You should, you should like eating and you should know where you're going. And you should have worked on television. So we said, we got three out of four of those, right? So on a 75% um, qualification, we started that show. We'd never done television before when we started in 2007. 15, 16 years later, here we are, still behaving badly. Um, uh oh. Can you, can, you can you see all the beer? No brand promotions. No brand promotions. What's not available in America? Long story short, we just, we just sort of. We worked for about 15 years and made a lot of money. And then we thought we could retire and do nothing for the rest of our lives. So we put our life savings in intelligent investment zones and retired. And then two years later, we were bankrupt. So we had to do something about it because the life savings didn't last that long. Instead of 20, instead of 50 years, they lasted about two. Yeah. So we yeah. had to get back to doing something. And then the natural choice was television because we're just... Brutally handsome men, completely articulate, intelligent. We he can see you. He can see you. <laughs> he can see you. Yeah, that's the thing in entertainment. You know, when you start making a little bit of money and then you, you, you know, you're riding high and then you quit, you know, because you always, you quit doing whatever you're doing that's making you that money. And then you quit doing what you're doing that's making you that money. And you think that money's always going to be there, but you realize really, really quick that that money if it's not there on a yearly basis, things can change very, very fast. Is that a true statement? Once you've got the beast going, you got to keep feeding the beast. I mean, and it never stops, does it? Because, you know, uh, the great thing about about being on television is that you always have a crew around you and the crew takes care of everything. So you've got production. They're taking care of what you want to eat and what you want to drink and how long you're going to sleep and, you know, what outfits you're wearing. Somebody's got it all under control. So every time you come home, you think you're a really important person until you run out of money and you run out of job. And as soon as you do that, you're like, uh, maybe I'm not all that I thought I was. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a pleasure to get back on to doing television. Because, I mean, apart from making the money, which is a good thing, you're also, you know, you, you sort of have this the easy ride, provided you can get the butterflies out of your stomach in the first couple of years, which we did. And, you know, judging by the stomach size on this guy, it took him about four years, took me about two. But it was fun. And, um, and yeah, and, and then once you're important and people recognize you on the street and cheers, uh, people see you and you get all that love and affection from people, at least in India you do quite a lot, uh, then it's your hooked. It's, an, it's you're addicted. And if you don't get that on a regular basis, uh, it's difficult. What do you say? Now, are you, are you vegan? Are y'all vegan? Uh, that, that's that's Rocky's story. I do travel shows because I'm married to an American lady and she's the boss of the house. The only time I get to have a say about anything is when I step out. Then I can boss Rocky around. Now, you're your wife in New York. So I heard that you were, your wife's in, somebody's in New York and you're going to go to New York at some point? She's from upstate New York, from a place called East Greenbush, just outside of Albany. But, but she's... Um, we live together in the in the western beach state of Goa, in India's well, call it India's Florida. Okay. So, so the wife's right here. California. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. And, and we ready. Michelle. Hey, wife. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. all American. I, 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 and they wonder why. Uh, you know, they're curious why when Americans, you know, introduce like all Indians to each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Very, very nice. <laughs> yes, yes. The great thing about uh, about Michelle, ever since she came into Mayur's life, with all that American consumerism, we've just had to work so hard. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Luxury of the house. She's holding you guys accountable. Oh, yeah, completely. completely. Why? You're just working six days a week. We don't do that in India. Get out seven days a week and then overtime. She's counting the money and the hours. You got to love America, man. I, I mean, land of the free, home of the brave. Exactly. Let me some money. I have to go home. Michelle took it all from me yesterday. As you guys been doing this with food and, and so forth, I don't know if you heard what I said before. I said, asked if you guys were vegan. As kind of a joke. I don't know. I think you missed that. <laughs> I think you missed that. Okay. One of us is vegetarian. Yeah. The yeah. other one will eat anything that moves. Gotcha. Or doesn't. And some things that don't. So um, you can take a look and see which of us is the vegetarian, Buddhist, peaceful human being and which one is the the lover of all things carnivorous. You got to stop pushing the agenda that everybody's pushing on India. 70% of us are thereabouts are meat eaters. We eat meat. That's what we do for a living. And uh, so that's a big majority. Nice bacon. Uh, sorry. It's, it's a bacon break. It's good smoked bacon. <laughs> nice. nice. There are a whole bunch of Indians who are vegetarian, but veganism as the West knows it pretty much doesn't exist in India except now. It's sort of, it's a little fad that's catching on for the last few years because milk is critically important to all Indians. So, Almost everybody drinks a whole lot of milk, but we do. A majority of us eat meat and fish and what have you. And we've just got thousands and thousands and thousands of recipes of some fantastic ways to make every single kind of meat that you can think of. And hundreds of recipes to make meats that you can't even imagine that we eat over here. So we, we eat pretty much everything in this country. On the show, did you ever run into a food that was uh, kind of surprised you? You know, you, it wasn't what you expected, you know, and kind of was a shock to your system. Was there ever a, a, a moment like that, that you're like, what are we doing here? What This is some crazy stuff. I've never had this type of food. Oh, yeah. You know, it's very easy to um, to generalize with any country. People do that. Indian food. There is no such thing as Indian food. India changes every 150 kilometers. New costumes. 100 miles. 100 miles. 100 miles, 100 miles for the Americans. Yeah, 100 miles. Every 100 miles, it's a new India. New costume, new language. Uh, different ways of consuming food, different diets, uh, different topographies. We have mountains, deserts, uh, deep forests, mangroves. The environment, like anywhere else in the world, often controls what people eat. So up north, where it's really, really cold, when you can go to about minus 30 uh, in the winters, people will consume a lot of meat. The same in the northeast of India, uh, uh, people will consume. And then those are still uh, societies where a lot of foraging is done. So Rocky uh, has had some very interesting meals. I'll, I'll let him tell you about the one he remembers the most. Oh, there's a never-ending list of stuff. But I think the hardest thing for me to have ever eaten are these, these sort of big worms. They're about that big. They're green in color. They live at the bottom of trees that rot. And there's a particular tree that rots and you get these big worms. And technically, as Mayur likes to put it, they're full of custard. So you got to get up the tree, you got to remove it, you get about you get about 50 worms that size, each one is about 100 grams, and you you pretty much eat, eat them raw, you don't really cook them, you just sort of sprinkle a little bit of lemon and salt and then toss them, and then you eat them. Uh. And apart from the fact that they're moving, which is a little difficult, the custard is the tough part, because when you bite it, you got to put the mouth end in your, in your mouth, all the custard just goes 
bang in your mouth. They have a peculiar odor and they taste exactly like they smell. So it's really hard to eat. But yeah, apart from that, the snakes, the dogs, uh, all kinds of sea creatures. Um, you know, we, uh, we've eaten it all. We've, we've literally eaten it all. What? We as in him? What kind of snakes have you eaten? Well, I picked a rat snake, which was easy. We, were, we shot a show with the Indian Army uh, up in the northeast of India again in this thick forested area. And part of their survival training is to live off the land. So they pretty much catch anything that they can get. So the day we landed up, they had uh, rat snake, they had crows, they had spiders and frogs. That was the menu for the day. Where does your passion come from to do this, your voice? You know, you guys have a voice in India. And what do you want to do with that voice in the future? You know, basically, you know, being famous is having a voice in the community. What is your inspiration and where do you want to drive that voice? Like we said, when we first started the show, it was just a big laugh. We were surprised that somebody would pay us money to drive down the road and eat lots of food and behave badly on television. But after that, what it's evolved, what our brand, Rocky and Mayur, very firmly and passionately stands for is helping people discover amazing food and amazing experiences around food and drink all across India and in different parts of the world. So besides doing on our shows in India, we also get invited by, uh, by the tourism departments of many countries like Australia, Slovenia, Mauritius, because... Indians love traveling. So a lot of these countries like to showcase their cuisines, their wines, uh, their beers and other food uh, through shows that we go and do. So we do shows of discovery where we land up in those countries and we basically eat our way through those countries. So our joy is helping people discover great food. And we've written two books uh, around that. Uh, Both of them have won what is called the Gurma World uh, Book Award. So we won the best book in the world for both the books uh, because... As the jury said in Paris, they said that in one book to find, like, example, almost like 7,000 different uh, dishes is, is a real voyage of discovery. So everything we do is basically centered around that. When we travel inside India, we're ambassadors for integration, for really appreciating differences. When we travel outside of India, we'll always carry little Indian snacks, little Indian sweets, because we want to share basically the taste of India everywhere we go. Yeah, so I think our... Our inspiration came from the fact that India, that has long been hugely rich in the kind of food that we eat. I mean, we just, we took the American ambassador a few years ago down to eat food at a restaurant for a particular state. And they represent the food of just two states out of the many states that India has. Take a wild guess as to how many things they would have had on their menu. I mean, just go wild over here. That's that's one restaurant with two states, food from two states. Take a, take a guess. 25. 20. 25. Did you say 25? 25. The numbers there are insane. There were 22,400 items on their menu. Wow. In a book that thick, all handwritten. And that's two states. So there's literally hundreds of thousands of different kinds of recipes across India because traditionally we've eaten, uh, you know, farm to table, fresh, periodical, seasonal, uh, very simple foods without refrigeration, without preservation. We have a rich heritage of pickling. And that was being lost because we had a lot of the influence of, of other countries coming into India. And, you know, we love the food that the world loves. So we love American foods and we love Japanese food and we love European food and we love African food. And it's all making a big comeback. Mediterranean is big in India. Chinese is huge. Thai. These are all foods that were coming into India and we were losing touch with the traditional foods of India. So when we started doing our show, the idea was to get out there and showcase to people 
how in different regions of India we have literally thousands of different kinds of food that they may have never heard of or eaten before in their lives. And that's true for just as much for India and people within India as it is for Indians and Americans. Like Americans don't really know what we eat in India. Yeah, A lot yeah. of Indians don't know either what people in other regions eat in India. So, you know, you could be 2,000, you could be a thousand miles apart and be eating very different things. So that was the inspiration for the show to just showcase Indian food and regional foods and street foods before we lose them. And that sort of in the 15 years that we've been doing it has driven this resurgence of interest in Indian food. So now Indian food has again reached mainstream. It's all over the place. So that's what keeps us going. The next step, make Indian food famous throughout the world. So we'll be coming for you guys. Keep your taste buds open for some good stuff. Hey, we eat catfish too. So you, you can tell catfish coolie from us that we enjoyed the interview. And there's people that fish and eat catfish here too. Lots of them, different species. So you know catfish coolie, huh? You've seen a couple of his, Rocky's seen a couple of his shows. And, and then we went and looked at the podcast. So. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, Catfish is a interesting guy. He's he's a he's a superstar. He's young. He's younger than he looks. He's only thirty years old. You'd never know it. Just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with it. Who owns the content now with your show? Who owns all your content? We do two kinds of shows. One is, of course, that's been uh, uh, that sort of uh, commission. It's been commissioned by a broadcaster, in which case they would own it. That's the big bucks, the easy money. And then we have the content that we create that we own the rights to, which is a lot, a lot more work, uh, a little bit less money. Uh, but it's pretty much a divide. And I'd say 70% of our work is owned by the broadcasters that commission our shows. And about 30% is our own. So uh, it's, it's fairly a kind of mix. But, you know, we're, we're in this just to have a lot of fun and make a little bit of money. And whatever gets those two things going is, is how we go about it. How many um, how many episodes do you have uh, that you own? I'd say about two hundred and fifty out of a thousand, a thousand plus. Uh, we got more than. Uh, we, do we have about a thousand episodes out there? I know we own about two hundred and fifty of them, but well, maybe a, a little more. But how many episodes do we have out there? Oh my lord, we've done about close to a thousand episodes for television, and then we do a lot of digital stuff. So usually, it's our digital properties that we. Uh, we end up either co-owning or owning. Uh, television, the way it works in India, is usually the broadcasters will not uh, share uh, right. content rights. So you basically hired on as talent and you're paid a fee and that's it. There's no recurring royalties and stuff and things. If that had been the case, we would have been okay. Well, the reason, uh, the reason I asked, the reason I asked, we, we started our own TV network, right? And we, we're on, we kind of did a soft launch and we're on Roku now. We're launching on uh, Android and Apple and uh, Amazon this year, right? So we'll have our Bang Productions, the Bang Productions television app. I like the idea of like spreading that that information of food in America. So maybe there's there's something, maybe we can figure out a deal to put it up on our platform and then we promote it through our, our big network. I mean, we have the largest Facebook network in the world, uh, you know, access to. So maybe there's something there where I could put that content out there, you know, in the in the south of uh, America and areas that people may have not seen it. Education of these cult- cultural things is very, very important, I think. And just some of the things you're talking about, I would I would never know or recognize you know, with a you know twenty two thousand different ways to make two steaks, right? That's interesting to me. I would I wouldn't have that information. So maybe we can figure out a 
a revenue split, and we can put it up on put the the content you own up on our platform. We'd definitely be interested. We can have a, a longer, deeper chat about that. So we're doing a lot of digital projects. The last two things we did, and if I can just jump back very quickly, you asked what we did during lockdown. We realized once it was legal to travel in India, and the government had removed the most severe restrictions on traveling. We decided to get into a car, just the two of us, with one friend who operated an iPhone, and we traveled and we basically replicated what we did with Highway on My Play on a digital platform. So we basically shot, we've already shot two seasons. Each season is about 14 or 15 days across one state in India, where through a series of eight to 10 posts every day, which go out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and YouTube, we share the full journey of the day, where we had breakfast, what we saw, what experiences we had, what makes the state special. So basically people go on a 14-day journey with us. Now, why that was really good was... A, there was just three of us. So we had access to places where they might not have left, let a 15-person television crew in. Because understandably, they'd be nervous about the social distancing. Whereas if it's just three of us and we, we control the mask, the, the making sure we sanitized, it was easier. Secondly, no large cameras. We literally shot. So as far as, and we are tied up with Apple in India. Um, they very kindly provided us devices, uh, the iPhone 12 Pro Max. And we basically went out and shot these two seasons on an iPhone with no apps, no microphones, nothing. Completely raw native iPhone usage, uh-huh. which as far uh-huh. as we know has never been tried anywhere in the world. So yeah. we've got 30 days of content on one iPhone and it's it's all, all the networks. And I think at last count, we had 250 million odd impressions uh, counting, going across both shows, across the platforms. Wow. wow. Yeah, just so everything's shot on an iPhone, no mics, no lights, uh, nothing, just very basic edits. And there's 215 million people that watch that uh, in the last three months. So that's some serious numbers over here. What effects do you see? Did the landscape change um, while you were doing this in COVID? I mean, what's people's uh, psyche? You know what I'm saying? How are they reacting and are they reacting different? Um, are people are getting angry? I mean, is, have you seen a difference in, in how this is affecting your people over there in India? I mean, um, so, so the Indians have always lived with, uh, you know, intensely complex and horrifying diseases. We're a tropical country. But in the last 30 or 40 years, we've made huge leaps in, in, in the medical field and we're a lot better. I mean, there are things like elephantitis, polio, leprosy. You don't see that anymore. You used to see that 30, 40 years ago everywhere. This has come as a bit of a shock because now we're, we're you know, we're a modern country. We're used to medic, modern medicine. We haven't seen something of this scale like nobody has. But because there are so many of us and we live in tightly packed areas and a lot of the villages, our communities and culture depend and rely and the backbone of it is just people spending a lot of time with each other. And we, we can't survive without that. So this disease has found fertile grounds in India. So I'd say for the first three or four months, uh, we were scared. We were scared of the disease. The lockdown was absolute. Everybody was very, very careful and and terrified. But as time went on, you know, we're we're not the richest country in the world. People need to work to make a living and eat food. And and literally to survive, people need to work to be able to get enough food to survive. So Indians had to get back, uh, get, get back to work, whether we liked it or not. People still respect that there's a disease out there. We're still a little wary of it. We, we sort of, we're pretty open and articulate about what we like and what we don't. So a lot of people will tell you, 
you know, to put on a mask or not. And most people will comply. And that way, India is good because we, we help out each other when we can, where we can. But as far as changing the psyche, no, I'd say it's business as usual in India. When we left in September, we were in a zone where there was no tourism. And our friends in the hotel and restaurant industry were calling us and saying, listen, do something, guys. You need to kickstart this whole travel thing because it's dead in the water. This was in, you know, April, May, June, July, August, nothing, zero. And they were like, we're suffering and people need to get back to work and people need to eat. And you guys can do this, you know, get out there and create a buzz. Let Indians see that traveling is safe if you take all the precautions. And so that's what we did. You know, we got out and, and the numbers speak for themselves, but that was the big inspiration. Now we're in a zone of revenge tourism. People have been locked down for too long. Yeah. They want revenge on the virus. They're like, the hell with you. You locked us up. We're going. So I think tourism internally within India has just exploded everywhere in the last two months. All Indians are out on the road living life. And that's the good change. We're, we're sort of a deeply philosophical people. And over the lockdown, I think most Indians have realized that the meaning of life is not just to work and earn a living and die. It's more than that. So it's all about traveling and cultures and people and colors and you know life and the outdoors. And So India is on the move. Tourism is huge. People are calling us and saying, we don't know what to do with the number of people we have. Please stop it. Stop traveling. You know, take this down. Just to give you an example, yeah. the small yeah. state of Goa that I, I live in, the population is 1.8 million people. Over the last 10 days of the last year, because everybody comes here to celebrate the Christmas and New Year's on the beach, almost 5 million tourists that came. They visited and they came and they ate and they drank and they, they partied and they left. So 4.5 to 5 million tourists in a state that has a population of 1.8 million people. Wow. So what is what is the next six months look like in India? It's the biggest party in the world. <laughs> <laughs> All of you need to get down to India. <laughs> They're going to miss it otherwise. <laughs> we're, 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 we're very good about observing all the safety norms and social distancing. <laughs> That's just not okay. Is there a vaccine in, out there? I mean, are people getting oh, vaccines? Yeah. They've started rolling them out and they, they, they had a big government uh, broadcast that talked about how they're going to roll out the vaccine and the vaccine strategy and stuff. They've got all that planned. Yeah, we, we got the vaccine. The European vaccine is being manufactured in India too. So, you know, we're, we're pretty much up there with uh, with online and with uh, medicine, we're pretty much up there, best in the world. So we've got the vaccine to be rolled out pretty soon, but, um, you know, that's not going to stop us for the Darren, for the meanwhile. We'll still be partying over here. Nice. Are you going to get a, job, a vaccine, John? I want to see how it plays out. And if uh, it plays out okay, uh, I might get one, you know. I got I to gotta wait a minute, though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to be a uh, I don't want to be a testing ground. That's the problem with being American. You only have one life. Yeah. See, being yeah. Indian, the good part is that we're reborn again and again. <laughs> we don't really care that. <laughs> if the disease gets us this time, we'll come back and get it next time. We'll get the vaccine next time. Right now, we can just party as much as we want. I'm a big fan of Sad Guru. Are y'all spiritual guys? Y'all like him? What's what's your thought on spirituality and and someone like Sad Guru? The basis of religious philosophy in India, as I have grown up to understand it in the last 52 years, is that possessions take you away from God. Buddha said, the less you want, the more you'll have. There is a hugely rich culture of people who 
devote their lives to God and higher thought and philosophies, and they don't have possessions really that they deal with because that just adds on a layer that doesn't let you think so deeply. So if you're worried about where your next big, uh, you know, house in Miami overlooking the water is going to come from, you're less likely to concentrate on what God is doing. So Sadhguru, for me, and, you know, with all respect to him, he's a smart man, he's a good-looking guy, he dances well, he's got it all, you know, he's, he's like the full package. But he's like... So does Stephen Tyler. So, uh, <laughs> Stephen Tyler is good too, you know, I like him too. But he's a lot like your, uh, you, you know, the preachers that you guys have that ride around in airplanes and they have a party. Right about now, it's time for me to throw back some of those names to you and say, you know, I just love Reverend so-and-so in his 18-seater aircraft that he uses to commune with God. Yeah. So, <laughs> he, Saad makes a little money then, huh? Yeah, I wish I made as much money. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, look, we, we respect everybody. <laughs> All this corona thing, man. Yeah, yeah look, here, here, here's the thing. And, and we normally completely stay away from uh, religion and stuff. But this is a very, uh, for me, I think it's a very important thing to understand about Hinduism as, as one of the really old uh, religions in whatever form anywhere on this planet. Uh, basically, we celebrated. Uh, whatever we called as gods or our deities as not perfect beings. They had their challenges. They struggled with, they struggled with stuff. They, they had weaknesses. They, they had foibles. They forgave. They fought. They made mistakes. So that is really the core of what Hinduism was built about. So when we get to a stage where now anywhere for whatever convenience, a religion or a deity or a guru or a learned man, becomes so absolutely perfect. The idea of something that is so perfect that you cannot say anything to it and that that it cannot be argued against and that everything that emerges is the absolute truth. We struggle with that. We believe that there's there's good and bad in, in everything. So we, we struggle with anybody and anything. And, and if you go and follow us on Twitter, if you, uh, if you go and look at Rocky Mayer on Twitter, we're very, very happy to actively call out almost always in a respectful manner, but but call out any double standards or anything that people are saying or doing, which is anything that somebody does, which is not congruent with what they say, uh, you'll find us um, asking them a polite little question about it. And sometimes they're not very polite. But, but you know, in, in a nutshell, if you are happy expressing your way of life and your ideas, as Sadhguru has a lot of them, and he's happy expressing that and people are happy following it, good for them. But the minute you start trashing people that don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's wrong. I think it shouldn't be done. And social media is full of these videos that say, Sadhguru shuts up college student. Sadhguru shuts up so-and-so. Sadhguru shuts up so-and-so. So I don't think you should be shutting up anybody. I, I mean, the freedom of speech and the right to say what you want to say is incredibly important. And I respect that. And I don't want to shut up anybody. I mean, we get trolled all the time for religious reasons or political reasons and we're very happy to be told because that's somebody's opinion. Yeah, you know, feel free, express yourself. And if you're gonna stop people expressing themselves, that's a problem. That's not right. I mean that's somewhat of a voice and having a having a wedge of information based on the interpretation of other people in the world. I mean, I think that's a good voice for you guys, having that little bit of a wedge and trying to shine a light on uh, a different angle than what may be anticipated by the public. So I think that's uh, that resonates, that comes from, you know, your food 
your direction of food. So I think that's very, very interesting if if you guys dive into that. All of us are born, understand, here's philosophy time, ding dong. My belief is that all of us are born and we're all seeking. Uh, you know, different people seek different things, whether it's Maslow's hierarchy or anything. You know, first you, you seek stuff that will help you feed your belly and your family and then you seek possession and then when you finally get to said you seek identity and somebody really wise and i'm sure they were american because he said there's a sucker born every minute and two to take him a lot of people that expound philosophies or life beliefs it's theirs and if they can find enough people to uh, get on the bandwagon good luck good luck to them our joy is getting people onto the bandwagon of loving life respecting other people and uh, respecting the fact that there are different people and different uh, beliefs as long as they don't get in our face and tell us what to do, we're, we're very happy to respect them, celebrate them, sit down and have a meal or a drink or a chat with them. We're all about that. Yeah, I mean, we have our differences, you know. The, the world is full of different cultures and we're all very different people. But basically, all humans are the same because that's what we want. We want, you know, family, friends, have a good time, eat some food, drink something, access to health, education, you know, better living conditions. Uh, better societies that are more reactive and proactive to positive things, positive change. That's what we all want at the end of the day. I mean, that's if you're a sane person and there are there are insane people, and you know that's what you have to recognize. Um, and and for all sane people, pretty much eighty percent, ninety percent of the way you think and your outlook in life is the same. Culturally, there's a little bit of a difference. I mean, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in the U.S. I worked in Miami for a few years. Uh, I spend a lot of time there still. I think it's the greatest country in the world. You know the really fast boats that come across from Cuba? (laughs) (laughs) He's got the earrings. I see he's got the earrings too. Look at him. (laughs) Look at those earrings he's got. (laughs) That's buffalo horn. Yeah. Yeah. That's buffalo horns right through the ears. Yes, those are good earrings. Those are nice. Those are nice. But but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, America, like I said, is the greatest country in the world, but it has its problems. And if you just address the fact that it's great and don't address the problems, which you've been doing lately over the last few years, it's a little bit of a disappointment to the rest of us because here we don't think we're the greatest country in the world. I mean, we, I, I say my country is the best in the world, but, I, you know, there, there's so many arguments that you can throw up against me. America would win all those arguments, so you can safely say that. But but I think the basic needs of all people are the same, and that is, you know, love and care and family and just better living. Yeah. I'm so touched. We're all going to hold hands and put on some patchouli deodorant and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> I, I don't know how you're touched because I'm not touched. Hey, I 100% agree. I mean, I believe we're all we we all have the same we all have the same sensitivities, right? And I think based on how we live our lives, you know, I say life is made up of sensitivities and percentages. So we're born, we're made a certain way. Everybody has similar sensitivities. And so when you're driving down that road and you get up to this inner, you know, this intersection and this truck hits you in the side and runs you off the road, that creates the percentages of life, right? Because, you know, next time you're coming down that road, that same road, and you're coming up to that intersection, you're going to be a little bit safer this time. So I 100% agree. And I think people's personalities are are developed and in, in their lives are directed by their environment. So I 100% agree that people are the same anywhere you go. But listen, I, I want to ask you, what do you think of India? What What is it that you think of India as a nation just sort of 
you know, all around, just an overview. What do you, what do you think of it? What do you know of it? I have some knowledge, so I don't really, I mean, I always get along with uh, Indian people. Indian people like me. They really, really like me. I have a good time with Indian people. And, um, you know, I, I have no preconceived idea about what India is because I've never been there. You know, I'd have to see it for myself to really uh, come to a conclusion about what it is, because I think, I think when you, how you learn life is when you see how other people live in the world, you know, and until I see how you guys live over there, I'm not going to make an assumption of what it is. Well, that well said. that's very kind. That's very well said. And what we'd like to say is we'd like to invite you, please come to India. If you ever come to India, we'd be happy to give you um, a grand tour with great food, meet good, fun people, um, show you some great experiences, shoot some content, maybe do a podcast. Who knows? You have friends in India now, so. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. And I appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. Rocky Mayor coming on the show today. This has been your Unimpressed Podcast. Any any closing statements today, guys? Don't think too much. Uh, do the right thing. Uh, you know what that right thing is? Eat a lot of food. Drink uh, as much as you like. Be good to people. That's important because uh, you'll be gone. But the world will be a better place. Cool. Hello, America. Hello, Papa Bob. I'm, I'm just saying hello to I'm just saying hello to my in-laws. Like just impressing them. Hello, we came on a US podcast. Hey, Papa Bob, if you're listening to this, hello. Just you just do the worst thing at the worst time. Kevin, <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Let's just do this show solo. All right, guys, I love you. All right, thank you. This is John Edmonds Cosman, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.